Hi friends, welcome to season two. The You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast is an authentic space to talk about life in truth and love. It's true, not everyone is an Enneagram One perfectionist, but it is my firm belief that our world today suffers from a lot of the destructive and deceptive lies that perfectionism has to offer. That is why this podcast will encourage, empower, and uplift you. For those of you brand new here today, perfectionism has destructive habits that play a negative role in our lives. Perfectionism can hold us back and force us to live from a place of fear instead of love. The striving for perfection is a lie that keeps us in a not enough zone, because when you strive for a goal that doesn't exist, you will always find yourself in the lack. I welcome you warmly to the month of November and invite you to participate in my gratitude giveaway. Simply email Vanessa at bodysoulandmind.info and share with me something specific that you are grateful to God for this month. I'll throw in an extra entry for you if what you're grateful for is unique and or thoughtful. We've been through a lot these past few months, and I think a good dose of gratitude would do the soul good. I personally like to start my gratitude practice with the small and mundane and work my way up to the awesome and spectacular. It's a lot of fun, so I hope you'll give it a try. We have a good God and a phenomenal creator, so it should be easy to find something to thank him for. you about the prize. The winner of the November Gratitude Giveaway will win a copy of a brand new book called More Power to You. I chose this book because Margaret Feinberg is one of my favorite authors, and her book is filled with powerful declarations of truth that will be sure to help you through this difficult time. Life really is hard, but I've learned that when you cast out the lies and live in the truth of who God has created you to be, You live in your purpose, and you live free from the chains of this fallen world. I am so thrilled to bring you this episode today. My prayer is that you are blessed and encouraged as much as I have been. Let's dive in. Inside today's podcast, I have with me Carol Bevel. She is a wife, mother, author, and co-founder of Fuel Your Body, Feed Your Soul, a God-first approach to nutrition, body image, and food relationship. Fuel Your Body, Feed Your Soul is founded on Romans 12.2 and focuses on renewing the mind before transforming the body. Carol, it's so great to have you here today. Thank you for having me as a guest on your podcast. Really appreciate it. Yes. Well, I love your devotional book. I am his. Thank you. And um, I want to talk about that today. 
because that was one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on this podcast. But I wanted to say I'm very interested in your upbringing in a Jewish family. Um, you say you were raised in a Jewish family but felt Jesus' pursuit um, your whole life. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, you know, um, it really was the whole of my life. I grew up in a um, Jewish and Catholic neighborhood. Um, and from the time I was really little, I'm just curious why I wasn't going to Sunday school um, and constantly just trying to, um, you know, figure out what everybody was doing. Um, wanted to do probably like a lot of Jewish kids, wanted to have Christmas, wanted to have Easter. Um, but then as I got older into college, it grew and I started to explore different ministries and um, different churches. I even went through the whole process at the Catholic church. My college roommate was Catholic. And I went through that whole year long process. I can't even remember what it was called now. And it was confirmation maybe. Um, Yeah. I can't remember. It was something with a C, Um, but it was lessons. It was meeting with the priest. It was meeting with, you know, just various different things. And it, it ends, it culminates in, I guess, getting baptized and getting confirmed as a Catholic. And I went through that whole process. And the week of that coming to a conclusion, I just felt this, no, you know, I'm not Catholic. Do you know what I mean? And I, I didn't know what it was. I mean, you know, I was 19. Um, and I kind of pulled back and started to go to different types of churches. And I did that all through college. And then I sort of um, walked away from it again, um, feeling uncomfortable. Um, what would it mean for my, not my relationship with my family, because I want to be very clear about that. I, I never had a moment's pause where my mother and father would be angry with me or our relationship be at stake. Um, just what it meant for me in terms of my identity as a Jewish person, I really feel like Judaism and whether it's politically correct or not is a race. Um, and I, I feel that and don't want to betray that, but I didn't want to be a messianic Jew, if that makes sense. And so I took a back seat and many years later, um, after grad school working, um, was dating a man and we went to a Wednesday night service at his community church. It was my first, um, non-denominational church. And that night they had as their guest, it wasn't the pastor who my friend at the time was like, oh, I can't wait for you to hear him preach. He's phenomenal. He wasn't preaching. Um, He had a guest and it was a rabbi um, who talked about his journey to faith with Christ. And I know I can see a smile on your face. Everyone's like, that was the moment. (laughs) (laughs) So no, um, I know that, um, now it feels like, wow, I don't know what else Jesus could have done, like flashing lights. and But no, um, I asked him some questions. I read many of the books that he talked about. Um, but that happened when I was, I guess, about maybe 24, 25. And I didn't accept Christ until I was 40. So, right? <laughs> a lot of That's years. a nice big gap there. And so um, then I um, met my husband. He was raised in the Church of Christ, but had not been active in his faith like a lot of people, moved out of his house and kind of walked away from his faith. We had a talk about raising our kids, and I told him that I would not be an obstacle to him raising them in faith because I felt this 
desire to know Christ, but this hesitation to accept Christ. Mm. And I didn't necessarily want my children to be filled with that desire, but that doubt and that hesitation. So we were married, kind of humming along, um, and um, we got to a point where our oldest two, he felt like they really needed to be in church. So he said, I'm going to start taking the older two to church. We just had our third child. And I said, um, sure, I'll go bike riding. <laughs> we'll get a nanny. And um, then he, like most men, couldn't get all of them up and ready <laughs> for church. So I had to start going with them. And I went up one Sunday, kind of annoyed at the preaching um, that the pastor did. I had some questions and some concerns and went up there and he just looked at me and he said, I know exactly where you are. And I was like, what, what does that mean? And he asked me if I'd ever read the Bible. And I said, no, I'd read pieces of it, but mostly the Old Testament. And he walked to his office. He got me a Bible reading plan in a year and asked me to read the Bible, could ask him as many questions as I had, but what he wanted me mostly to do is to not research it, but to read it and to look for Jesus in the Old Testament. And, um, and I did, and he was there. And the book was um, organized where it was a gospel, a Psalm, a proverb, and an Old Testament. like. Something from the New, well, it wasn't just gospel, but it was something from the New Testament, a Psalm, a proverb, and then an Old Testament passage. Mm. And that's how each daily reading was organized. And for someone that was unfamiliar with the New Testament, to see it in relationship to Psalms, to see it in relationship to Isaiah, to see it in relationship to Leviticus, um, it really threaded the story together to the point that I felt like, you know, this thing that I felt inside of me the whole of my life has just been Jesus waiting patiently for me to put down my own will, um, my own plan, <laughs> and um, just say yes, that it wasn't going to be, you know, a, a, a Saul conversion moment. <laughs> mm. that, you know, that I wasn't, you know, um, maybe that's what some people experience, but, and, but that was not my path. My path was just simply putting down my own plan and my own control and my own, my own expectations mm -hmm. um, for just understanding that I needed Jesus. Right. And so that was, that was it. I got baptized at 40. My husband was baptized with me. Um, really, really special. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I, I would say that people ask me all the time if I'm a Messianic Jew. I don't even really know what that is, so I don't like to speak too much to it. Um, but no, I am a Christian who um, is of Jewish descent. I don't know. There you go. There you go. That's a good way to say it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you might not know the answer to this question. But I and I and I was like, oh no, I meant to I was trying to jot it down, but I didn't have my pen with me. Um, but I think you said something like you, you, there was something about you that was resistant to accept Jesus. Mm -hmm. Was it something like that? So if you know, why, what do you think the resistance was? Like, what, what do you think the, I don't want to accept Jesus? What, what do you think that was? Only because I, I'm curious about it for lots of people. Yeah, I think so. a lot of it is, well, I mean, 
in hindsight, knowing the Bible, I think it was ignorance of the Bible. In all the years that I was going to church, asking Christian friends questions, no one had ever handed me a Bible. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? No mm -hmm. one had ever hand, handed it to me. And there, there's no, at least in my family, the Bible is the law. We don't, it's not relation. It's not a relationship. It's a religion. Right. And you don't read the Bible in that way. Um, it's more like a how-to book mm -hmm. than an actual love letter and, um, and a living, breathing document. So I would say in hindsight, it was my ignorance of the Bible and no one giving me a Bible to read. But from the before I accepted faith, a lot of my hesitation was just, I knew enough about the Bible um, that, you know, from my father, that um, in the Bible, Jesus claims to be the way, the truth, and the life, that he's the only way to the father, that he's the only way to eternal salvation. And I'm, I'm kind of an all-in person. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And I can't do something with a loophole. Uh, that's just not how I process. So my accepting Christ, does that mean that for all eternity, I'll be divided from everyone I know and love? If mm -hmm. my father and my mother and my sister and my aunts and my uncles and my cousins, if none of them ever accept Christ, what does that mean for me um, in, in a very selfish way? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, does that mean I'm separated from them forever? Mm -hmm. And, um, and without knowing the Bible, um, I didn't have answers to that question. I just had the fear mm -hmm. and the selfishness mm -hmm. part of it. And, um, and then after reading God's word, um, I, I understand that I, I'm called to put God for, and it's probably why my life verse is Matthew six thirty three. you know, seek the kingdom first mm -hmm. um, because... I realized that for me, I, God asks us, he comes before my marriage. He comes before my children. He comes before my family. Right. And, um, and I had to make that choice to go all in on that, mm -hmm. um, that, and also to understand the grace that there is a plan. God's plans are for our, our good. And my job is to, um, be a light for the kingdom to plant seeds and know that the harvest is up to him, that his plans for my father, my mother, everybody that I love, mm -hmm. they're not revealed to me. I don't know them. So I can't, I don't have a definitive answer about, but I do trust that he in the Bible says repeatedly, I have a covenant with the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. They are my chosen people and I will never forsake them. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and my hope is grounded in, in his word. And I also don't know the contents of my parents' hearts the way that God does. Right. I know what they profess. Right. You know, I, I'm actually, like, I'm all excited that you, you mentioned that it wasn't until you started reading the Bible mm -hmm. that then you were able to accept Jesus because I really strongly believe that that's, a lot of people's issues. Mm -hmm. um, they won't open the Bible. They they won't look. And I feel like, um, at least you know, for like a solid year, 
Um, that's been more of my focus. God always shifts my focus. Like he's like, okay, you're going to work on this. Right. You're going to, this is going to, and then you're going to do this. I mean, he doesn't tell me until it changes, <laughs> which, which is the, oh, the joys of just being a follower and doing what, you know, doing what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. But, uh, so that's what I've been noticing is like, oh my gosh, People need to know the word if they know it. Oh my goodness. It'll make such a big difference. No matter what quote I put up, no matter what video I make, if they don't get in the word themselves mm-hmm. and seek God themselves, because that's, that's the thing too. Just reading it without the desire to seek Jesus, I think is, is still like they need to be, it needs to be both. Yeah, right. it's, it's, a, it's a, let me tell you something. I, not only is it not that people are, you know, off, at least in my case, not getting a lot of Bibles put in my face, you know, to read throughout the process, which is amazing with how many churches I, you know, that I went to, but, um, but it's also when you are handed it, it's, it's a tough read mm-hmm. when you haven't been raised in it yeah. and you haven't been taught it. It's, I mean, it's, it's confusing. It's deep water. It's, mm-hmm. and you, as a non-Christian, you don't understand that God will meet you through it yeah. and he reveals to you what you are ready for or what you need in that moment. So you can read the same passage, the whole of your life. And every time you read it, it speaks to you through the Holy spirit in a different way. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was just a book that was well above my reading level. Right. <laughs> right. No, you're, you're totally right. And um, even for myself, uh, just speaking as someone who was raised in the Christian church, uh, to me, like, I'm grateful that Jesus met me in the church, in my Sunday school classroom. Mm-hmm. And, and that as, as a young child, I accepted him as my savior. But guess what? I didn't know everything. I listened to what I was taught. And mm-hmm. I did my best to follow the rules. And I... I always tease the like, I'm a rule follower, you know, like I'm, I'm just one of those people. So like, if you tell me do this, don't do that. Oh, okay. Okay. That that's how it counts. Oh, okay. You know? So it was very like, I I would try to follow Christianity thinking that that was me having a relationship with Mm -hmm. Jesus. But I started understanding the Bible, not in church but on my knees mm-hmm. saying, God, I don't get this. I've been a Christian my entire life and I don't get it. I don't get how to live. I don't under like the Bible is boring. I it's confusing. It seems a little contradictory. And, and I, this was my prayer, you know, and, but I was like, I need help. Like, I don't get how to do this. And I meant life. Like, I don't get how to do life. I don't get it. And that, and I've shared this before, but I feel like that was the first time I really heard from God. And it was because I cried out to him. Mm-hmm. And when, when his children cry out to him, he answers. He, does. he doesn't push. He's waiting for you to cry out. So when I cried out, he met me right there. And he was like, my question of, I don't know how to do this was it's in my word. Mm-hmm. And then I said, okay, but I don't really get the Bible. Like, like yeah. so I said, okay, okay, okay. But you, you told me 
the answer is in your word. So please then help me understand it. I need to understand it because I don't get it. And from that point on, the Bible came alive to me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, gosh, it's just such, uh, I mean, when you think about it, the, the Bible does give us the answer to every question we have in life, even the answer of how to come to Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and even if, you know, it's, I've been now a Christian for 14 years and, um, you know, reading the Bible to me now, it's I'm always, I guess I'm just always, um, gobstopped. I don't know if that's okay, but just kind of gobstopped it. Um, how it's like, I didn't like, I didn't understand that. I didn't, did I skim over it? Did I miss it? Did uh-huh. I, but I, but I didn't re- like, why did I not highlight that? Or, and it's just the, it, it, it's, it's every question that you have. Yes. God will answer it if you are in his word yep. on your knees. And, you know, I always tell everyone my journey in faith is, you know, how some people are like, um, you know, I need more patience or I need less anger or I need mine is constant surrender. Yes. Like, it, it, my whole journey is Carol, you know, I, surrender. I'm sure the Holy Spirit is so tired of being like, surrender. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Thank you for trying to do that on your own. Um, come back, come back. And, surrender, um, surrender. Yeah, surrender, surrender, surrender. And um, I always laugh that, um, you know, I, you know, I'm a person that has to surrender a thousand times a day. Same. Um, yeah. And, you know, and... And I'm a girl that grew up with, you know, work hard, try harder, like work hard, then try harder. And that's my nature. And, um, and if I turn that over to God through his word, um, and I'm learning this year, because this is kind of new, um, a much richer, deeper prayer life. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, if I go constantly to his word, then really that's when you experience the rest, the peace, the joy, the easier burden. Um, even if you don't get the answer you want. I mean, I mm-hmm. certainly, you know, I certainly, I, I got some of the answer I wanted. We caught your cancer early, but I certainly didn't get the answer I wanted. You don't have breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in that, because I walked through that surrender to his will and trusted his purpose, no matter what that answer was, I had peace through, through the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think as soon as I surrendered my will, I had peace in the entire process to accept Christ. I, I've learned, and I was just thinking about it earlier this week, because, you know, I'm a, I think a lot, and then I think of how I'm going to write something to Mm -hmm. convey this message to people because it's, it's important, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was, and I didn't actually ever write it, unfortunately, but it was just about how I've realized and it's, it's proven to me over and over and over and over again, that surrender is key Yeah, because surrender really encompasses so many things. Surrendering to God is being humble and Jesus calls us to be humble. And then when you look in the scriptures at all those examples and all those references, it come, you're like, I get that. And then um, 
same thing like with, you know, oh, I need more patience or, oh, I need more, um, I need to be less angry or I need, you know, I want more joy, all those, you know, all those things. It starts with surrender. Yeah. And that's why, you know, Matthew 633 is definitely, um, you know, my life first because, you know, the promise is all the things, abundance in all things. So that's an abundance of all the fruit of the spirit, right? If, but the first part is what gets glossed over and that's seek him first. Yes. In everything. And, yes. you know, and not just in the areas that you think you need help, mm -hmm. but in everything. And, yep. and when you do that, when you don't compartmentalize Jesus, when you don't say, okay, Jesus, I need you when it comes to my health or my worry about my children's health or my marriage, mm -hmm. but I don't need you when it comes to my financial success or my um, fitness success. You're, you're in murky territory. That's mm -hmm. the enemy finds those places where you've put Jesus up on a shelf and you've become self-reliant. And those are false idols every single time. Your children are false idols. Your husband is false idol. Your weight is a false idol. You're all of those things. And that's where the enemy undermines and does his work. And I've just realized that um, I can't decide, okay, I'm going to give this to God, but I've got this. I've mm -hmm. got to give it all to him. Yeah. Um, and and allow him to work through me because ultimately it's for his glory. So mm -hmm. if I'm holding back areas of my life, then that all the things, the abundance, the fruit, I'm not going to experience that. So I might feel the fruit of the spirit in my marriage because I put my marriage second to my relationship with Christ. But yet I don't feel that fruit of peace forgiveness, patience, you know, all of that with my children, because I've set my children above Christ, you know, right. And so, and that's, that's sort of how I gauge things. Um, this year I've been really, um, my, my prayer has, um, been to, um, enrich, um, my discernment. And he's really worked through me with that through prayer, you know, through, just through being a much more, um, um, consistent and focused in my prayers. Um, and, and that's just, you know, I just realized that the surrender leads to the discernment. The discernment leads to the fruit. <laughs> I don't know. If, and yeah. I, like, I admit to intentional compartmentalizing Jesus back mm -hmm. in the day. I remember it. I mean, I, yeah. re I remember it and I didn't necessarily think it was wrong, but I was intentional about it. Like, right okay, well, God just needs to help me with this. I can do everything else, but... Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think it's where most women live. Yeah, Don't and so, need? yeah, I do. I, I think it's a very normal thing, and um, it's something that I try to talk about, too, uh, because we're, we're putting way too much on ourselves, mm -hmm. and then we're feeling the stress from it. We're feeling the weight of it, and Jesus is like, I told you I would take that. Yeah, I, I always say to my daughters, I mean, my daughters are wired very much like their mom. Um, I see it much in my, much more in my oldest because now she's becoming, you know, she is an adult. And, um, and I always have to remind her that nowhere in the Bible 
does it, does Jesus say you're not doing enough? You know, and, and she just looked at me and I was like, I, I say that to myself every, you know, that nowhere in the Bible does Jesus ever say to me, Carol, you're just not doing enough. <laughs> and I, I just think that that's kind of the weight that women carry, mm -hmm. you know, just um, that we have to be all things to everyone. We have to juggle everything. We have to multitask. We have to be busy. We have to be competent. We have to be successful. Everything has to be roses and champagne. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and actually, you know, God is constantly like, sit beside these still waters. Give this to me. You know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's like, you know, you, you don't, don't toil, trust. Don't toil, trust. Right. And so, yeah. So I think that we do. I think we, we intentionally, our human brokenness is to intentionally say to God, you, you take this, but I've got these these things. Right. And, and I don't need you here. And I don't think that's a rich relationship. Right. And I think that I notice now, I mean, I wouldn't need to daily surrender if, and like hourly surrender, <laughs> if, if it was completely fixed, if it was completely over and I had surrendered to God and now I'm done. And now everything I do is, is completely surrendered to God, you know, because, um, it's that's just not the case that's why the surrender is a daily practice it's something that we have to constantly and this leads into the next thing really well constantly renew our minds mm -hmm. because if we do not I, no one can expect to be able to follow jesus and never never look back on anything that he taught Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and just go about our lives and, and kind of make up the Bible as we go along. Oh, well, Jesus, I don't think Jesus would do that. It's like, well, did you read it? Go read it. You're, and, and, and you're causing yourself problems because you won't renew your mind. Because if you're not, the world is designed to swallow you up. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I say designed because it's a sinful, broken world, like you mentioned. Right. And Satan's the ruler, you know? And, and so he's doing everything he can to keep you away from a relationship Absolutely. with Jesus. Yep. He's doing everything he can. So you gotta know that this relationship needs to be daily. It, mm -hmm. it can't just be a once a week type thing, you know, two hours here and there. Like, it's different. I mean, you can if you want, but you're not really getting the fullness of Jesus mm -hmm. unless you're actually surrendering to him. And I think um, just on a very basic level, surrender so hard because we're very proud, prideful. Mm -hmm. um, even if you don't think you're a person of pride, you know, um, that's what it is. It's pride. Like, no, I can do it myself. And then maybe if I fall and I can't get up, then maybe I'll go see Jesus, you know? So anyway, but, um, I was drawn to your book when I picked it up because it was, um, Romans 12, two was the highlight. And I love Romans 12, two, <laughs> um, because it focuses on renewing, uh, your mind. And it's actually in my book as well, because I feel like it's a huge concept. 
Um, so this is something that I've talked about and written about for years, and I've learned that it's it's also, like we just said, a necessary ongoing practice. So I was curious, how do you use it in your coaching? So, um, you know, this was definitely a God thing. Um, my dad, right before he passed away, we were talking and he, we were talking specifically about me writing a book about um, coaching and nutrition. And I mean, that's what I do professionally. And I made a joke that no one reads books anymore. Everybody does blogs and I don't know how to uh, turn on the computer. So um, came back, um, a coworker of mine, Alex Brigham, um, overheard me sort of complaining about my weekend um, of trying to figure out how to set up a blog, <laughs> getting frustrated and kind of walking away from it. And um, she walked over to me and said, that's what I do create blogs, design websites. She said, if you give me something that you've written and what you want it to look like three days, I'll bring it back to you. So she did and it was this amazing kind of mock-up on the computer and um, we went and had coffee. And as we were sitting there talking, um, you know, I explained to her that, you know, let's, let's be partners. She was a trainer and nutrition coach. We started talking about our faith and I don't know how long it was, but in that meeting, it was like just this Holy Spirit download that shifted our, our entire focus because it stopped being what I wanted to do and it started being what we were called to do together. Mm. And, um, and we, what came out of that meeting was the premise of Fuel Your Body, Feed Your Soul, which is there's the false idol of wellness and health that has been created in this world mm -hmm. that even the most deeply rooted Christian women we know, um, the enemy has laid claim to their identity through what they weigh, what they look like, what their images on social media, how they're aging, you know, all of those things. And that they have put Jesus on the shelf or we like to say locked him in the pantry and they're chasing that Tuesday transformation. They're looking to worldly gurus. They're looking to self-reliance. They're looking to willpower instead of actually realizing that if you seek God first, even in your relationship with food, that he will, through the Holy Spirit, transform your heart, renew your mind, and release you from the, the demons that lay claim to you about food and body image. And so that's where Romans 12, 2 came into play. It was, we miss so much time with God, so much dependence on God through a belief that in willpower, we can control what we look like, that how much have we sacrificed of our purpose for his kingdom to that? How much time do we sacrifice to the idol of our weight and our image? And so we just were like, instead of Tuesday transformation, which we all know is temporary. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been in this, I peddled that temporary transformation. It's how I made money. I wasn't a believer until I was 40. So I was working for 20 years prior to that. And I was full on in. If my clients lost the weight quickly that they said they wanted to lose, I got more clients. I made more money. And I knew in two years, all of that weight would be back. It, it just meant they'd rehire me again. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, so it's not willpower. Willpower is a necessary 
finite resource that God has given us to turn our face away from temptation towards him. Mm -hmm. But true transformation, releasing and freeing ourselves from the prisons that we put ourselves in through our false idols only comes through spirit empowerment. And that's Romans 12 too. And so Alex and I came back. Um, I don't know how quickly it happened, but we um, co-authored and it's called the Common Sense Transformation. <laughs> co-authored a year long and that came out of my um, year long Bible study, just that that period of time really seemed to, the Holy Spirit just pressed that in on me. And um, just really about, you can seek weight or you can seek God, but if you seek God, then you'll have peace and health um, through allowing him to transform you. Um, and so that's where that Romans 12, two is the foundation of our nutrition coaching. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, it's, um, it's, it's not, it's not a very marketable coaching philosophy in the nutrition world, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, um, women, men, everybody wants 14 days, 14 pounds, 30 days, you know, they, we all want this sense of control. Mm -hmm. If I just cut out sugar, if I just cut out gluten, if I just cut out carbohydrates, we all cling to this Asherah pole that we've created in the diet industry because we get a temporary worldly ashes kind of reward, but we haven't dealt with our mind or our heart issues with our relationship with God in this arena of our lives. And so we're not free of it. We're just mm -hmm. constantly toiling in that area. So, you know, the program is, we wrote it. I felt like it was very, um, um, I felt like it really was like a Holy Spirit download. We just kind of turned it over and said, where do you want to lead us? What do you want us to do here? Um, I surrendered the outcome, the success, the process of it. Um, and um, yeah, and so it's, um, it's a joy. Um, you know, Alex and I are constantly working on things with that. Um, but we had a bit of an interruption with my diagnosis. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, um, but it was good. God used that time. Um, I was realizing as we were coming to the end of writing that program that um, I think my platform um, that was coming from that was supposed to be more of a ministry um, and less of a nutrition platform, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. You, you, know, you can see that evolution, I think, on my Instagram, how it's, I, it's really like a, like a lifetime of how the Holy Spirit is transforming me mm -hmm. this process, because I don't delete or exchange, you know, I don't like, oh, not doing, you know, I just leave it. Um, yeah. You know, that this is the transformation that's happening. I think it's making me a better coach to my clients. Um, and, you know, um, because I'm allowing, I'm allowing to follow, myself to follow. So it's funny that you said that about not deleting things, because if you look back on my Instagram, you'll see the same thing. Yeah. It used to be a fitness thing. And I did my transformation Tuesdays as well. <laughs> yeah. And then I changed it from body, soul, and mind coaching to body, soul, and mind rights. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't feel bad because 
again, all it is, is God moving through me. It's, it's mm-hmm. what he's doing. It's I'm following wherever he's calling me. Maybe my name will change again. You just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think that it's, you know, I don't, I tell all my clients, look, we are called to honor our bodies. He calls us to honor them. He call, you know, he warns us about gluttony. He warns us about overindulging in anything in the flesh the enemy is going to attack us through our gates, through our eyes, our ears, and our mouths. Food is a wonderful way for the enemy to steal us away from our relationship with God. Um, and he's been very successful in that arena. But I think that where health comes from, when the fruit of the spirit comes, is understanding when um, you're honoring your temple versus falsely worshiping. Right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer that we need to honor our bodies. We need to move. We need to fuel them properly. Um, but again, that's second to our relationship with God. Because if it's second to our relationship with God, then we will have a healthy relationship with food and body. Right. We will feel the fruit of the Spirit. And that's what I always tell my clients when they come to, when we're in meetings together. It's like, so... Let's talk about these choices, what you've done, how do you feel about this? And when they start using words like guilt, shame, oh, I was bad, I'm like, is that the fruit of the spirit? So if it's not the fruit of the spirit, then where is it coming from? Right, right, exactly, yeah. And so it's, it's really funny. It's like a lot of times I think my clients get upset with me because I'll be like, they'll be like, well, what should I do? And I send them, you know, things, Bible verses. Like, you know, pray about this. Yes. Um, You know, get on your knees and ask God, ask God, you know, God, what is your will in this? Like, how do I, how do I feel freedom from this? Mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, so, and I said, and don't forget the world's always working on you. Exactly. You're, You're trying to find freedom, but you're broken and fallen just like I am. And so the world is this constant onslaught of, you know, temptation. <laughs> That's what I was saying earlier, that the world is always working against the spirit. Yeah. And praise yeah. God, he's overcome the world. And this is, you know, this is our temporary home. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so, um, you know, even that it's like, when that burden feels too heavy, it's, it's, it's short, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a valley we're passing through, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, um, and while we're in that valley, it's, it's, our, it's our calling to help as many people as we can get up, walk through that valley to the promise of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, and whatever your calling is, you know, um, professionally. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, my ministry is going to come through where my gifts are and my gifts are as a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so how can we support you? And, um, you know, where can we purchase your devotional? And I think you said you, you have another book that I didn't know about common sense transformation. Yeah. So the common sense transformation is not a book. It's an online program. Okay. Um, yeah. And, um, and, um, it's, it's common sense transformation.com. The book that I wrote, the one that you referenced, um, 
I wrote that from the prayers that I pray over my clients and my daughters about making sure that their identity stays anchored in Christ Mm -hmm. and that the way that they, um, the way that that, that identity stays anchored in Christ instead of being torn from it towards the ashes of this world is through daily time in his word that every day and you know, five, maybe 10 minutes each day is very short that you just sit with God's word and you sit with seeing yourself through his eyes so that you are armed to go out into the world. Amen. You know, and so that's, I am his, um, is that 21 day devotional and it's available on Amazon and you'll actually be the first one, um, to hear this. So it, um, I've been working, a publisher has been thinking about picking it up. And so um, um, a hardcover might be coming out, but they're changing the name of it. Um, mm-hmm. from I am his to you are his. Mm. And I think that's from uh, sitting on the bookshelf. <laughs> um, they said that it needs to make the reader feel like, oh, that's about me. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. I think both work, but I, but I get it. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that's available on Amazon. And, you know, I think you have to type in my whole name because, you know. Same with my book. Yeah. You put in the title of my book and it's still, mine doesn't pop up until you put my name. <laughs> exactly. So it's like you have to type in like, I am his or you are his if you want the hardcover and Carol Bevel. In other words, you'll get t-shirts, you'll get books without even any of that in the title. Uh-huh. I know. It's so weird. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> it's, the life of a, it's the life of a self-published author. That is the truth. <laughs> yes, it is. I know it well. So, uh, but anyway, to the listeners, the book's really great and it's really a simple uh, daily devotional. So I recommend it for sure. Uh, I felt really connected to it too. I was like, wow, I feel like we're writing from the same place. Cause I was reading it and I'm like, this feels like something I wrote. <laughs> oh, see, I love that. I did. Someone asked me once and I said, I think it's just like two girlfriends sitting down and talking. Yeah. It's very conversational. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not a professional writer. never thought that I would be a writer. You hear my daughter coming in from school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She, she's all masked up. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. But yeah, so um, yeah, so I, I love that. I, I like that. Um, I like when I read books and I feel so connected to the author. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that that's been a response to the book. But I hope mostly my prayer is that um, it encourages you to spend more time in the Bible. It inspires someone that's never read the Bible to realize that they they can they can open up God's word and it will speak to them. So. Yes. Yes, it will. Absolutely. It will. So um, if you have, you know, certain links that you want the listeners to have, um, just send them my way and I'll put them in the notes. Okay. And um, I thank you so much for being here and taking this time to talk with me. Thank you, Vanessa. I really appreciate it. Where do you live in the Pacific Northwest? Well, actually, I don't live in the Pacific oh. Northwest. I live in Southern California. Oh, okay. So you're still <laughs> Pacific time. I'll be there next week. Oh, okay. Well, I live in Hacienda Heights. We should okay. have coffee or something. I'll be there having an illegal <laughs> coffee in San Diego. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, wait, there's no place to sit and have coffee. Just kidding. An an illegal Thanksgiving in San Diego. (laughs) Good for you. Enjoy it. (laughs) Well, thanks so much. Thank you. Hi, friends. I'm so glad that you've been enjoying the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast and wanted you to know that if you'd like to support this podcast and its message, any contribution would be greatly appreciated. I've decided that if we can get up to $300 in the first 60 days, I'll send a special gift to all those who have contributed. To donate $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month to this podcast, simply click the Anchor link in the notes of this show. Once you're on the Anchor homepage of the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast, click the middle button that says support. Select your amount and enter your info. It's quick and easy and will make a great impact in the lives of my family. today, let's keep practicing saying no to perfect and yes to truth. Take care.